everybody. What's going on? Welcome to the Roto World DFS Pick Six presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane. Once again, week six, I'm joined by the crew. We got Rich Rebar. We got Evan Silva. Reeves, how we doing, man? Man, what's going on, guys? It's hard to kind of believe it's week six already. You know, we're we're closing in on these big time bye weeks that are are coming up. But it's like mid October already. Like everyone's like decorating for like Halloween. Like getting everything's everything. Like my wife wants to put stuff up. There's leaves falling in my yard. I got rake leaves now. It's just not ideal, man. It's blown by. Hey, wait, hold on. So, what's the Reeves costume for Halloween? Oh, I got no. I just go now. So, wait, no, the wife doesn't dress you up or anything. Oh no, man. We got kids. So we take them around. Do the yeah. Whole I know. Family. You don't have like a family kid thing that you. Oh put no, on? no. I don't go out like that, man. Oh, uh, see, we're we're doing something this I year. I pass out. I pass out candy. That that you're a, you're a real American hero, there, Reeves. We got <laughs> Evan Silva, Evan. What it, what I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Evan's not much of a dress up for Halloween kind of guy. Nah, man. <laughs> just uh, no, just uh, c- coming off a good week, um, and uh, I'm really looking forward this week to seeing Julio Jones just dominate between the twenties. No, no, I'm, no. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm so excited. <laughs> no. I know he, he's got. It, it looks like uh, based on his past game logs that. <laughs> He somehow loses the fear of the end zone when he plays Tampa Bay, though. Uh, that, uh, that could be uh. good. That could be a good indicator. You know, he, he's got the, he's just afraid of the end zone. Um, and but but when he's playing teams that uh, uh, dress in the ugliest uniforms in the NFL, uh, somehow he loses that fear. So um, it's possible that that that's predictive. But I'm guessing that he just. <laughs> That he just dominates between the twenties. Please, God, we need a we need a, an air yards based on opponents jersey color model. Let's get that going. Frisco Josh for you out there. Defenses don't matter, as you know. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, you know, the color of the jersey. We'll get that going now. All right, let's go ahead and go into our first game because that's uh well, that's what Evan's already talking about. It's Tampa Bay and Atlanta. It's a total of fifty seven and a half. Atlanta, they're three and a half point favorites. And Evan, you buried the lead because I'm sitting here looking at Julio this week. This is the week. If a, if a team gives up six touchdown passes to Mitch Trubisky, I'm going to assume that Julio Jones can get in the box. Reeves, come on board, buddy. You're with me, right? Yeah, this is the same spot last year that kind of awakened Julio's, you know, long slumber. He's now gone 62 straight regular season completions without a touchdown. Uh, and the last came in this game at home against Tampa Bay. Evan kind of talked about he has, like, really great splits against Tampa, especially at home where he's caught 46 of 60 targets for 813 yards in six games. He has 10 touchdowns against the Buccaneers in his career. That's basically a quarter of his uh, career touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, this is the spot. If it's not here, then when is it going to be, man? Uh, it'll probably be against the Jaguars or some really tough matchup where nobody plays him. I mean, it's – that's just how this seems to work every single every single week. He's uh, still going for like one sixty this game, though. Maybe, maybe no cuts. Go 10, 10 for one sixty, and I'm I'm calling he gets in the box because well, I've been calling it every single week, and eventually I'm going to be right. Uh, so we obviously like Julio Jones here. He's going to put up the yards. He's going to put up the catches. Evan, we've got Matt Ryan. He's the most expensive quarterback over on DraftKings. Is he worth it this week in this matchup? Uh, no, because you can get Jameis Winston for just a little bit above the min. Um, <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever what they've right. done with that pricing. Right. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, maybe that'll translate to Matt Ryan being real low owned. 
Uh, but I think that Jameis Winston is going to end up being – he deserves to be a super popular a cash game play. Uh, people forget that Jameis Winston just crushed it in the last five games uh, last year, 317-yard average, nine touchdowns, five interceptions. Uh, he looked incredible in the preseason uh, as well uh, under this new play caller, Todd Monken, who uh, has a history with Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State. Uh, he actually <coughs> he went to Oklahoma State where they run the air raid, and he had never coached in the air raid before. And he, like, learned it on the fly. Uh, and then he parlayed that into a, a college head coaching job, I believe it's Southern Miss, and they ran the air raid there. Um, and he winds up as the wide receivers coach. Uh, in Tampa Bay, works his way up. Now he's the, you know, he's been calling plays for uh, the Buccaneers and they've been operating at a, a highly efficient rate, of course, until facing like arguably the best defense in football on the road uh, at Soldier Field in week four. Ryan Fitzpatrick ends up getting benched. Uh, Jameis comes in, with, you know, turns it over a couple times. I don't care. Uh, you know, he has been playing at a really high level. Really, all these quarterbacks in the Bucks offense since Todd Monken became the play caller, uh, all the quarterbacks have been functioning at a very high level, uh, even on down to Ryan Griffin, uh, their third string quarterback who tore up the preseason. He was a guy that you want to play, you wanted to play uh, in preseason DFS. Uh, Jameis Winston also has a great uh, history against Dan Quinn's defense. Um, he's been a top 10 fantasy quarterback in uh, three of uh, five career starts uh, against Dan Quinn's defense since Dan Quinn became the Falcons head coach and a top 12 fantasy quarterback in four of the five. And Dan Quinn's defense has never been as weak uh, as it is now. I, I really like, you know, you could set this at 60 and I think that I would still take the over uh, on the total for this game. I mean, I think it's going to really live up to the expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough to imagine either of these defenses stopping the other team. And, you know, what does that mean? That means that we can pretty much play anybody from this game. So, Reeves, obviously we like Julio. You know, we like Jameis Winston. Who are some of the guys that you're making sure you target, Reeves? I mean, everyone. We, we, we spend more time talking about who we don't want to play in this game. But enough I about mean, Logan Paul. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's – I mean, everyone is on the table, like Evan said. I mean, you look at both these teams. We talked about last week the Falcons. The last four games have gone 55-80, 73-58 total points. The Bucks four games have gone 88-48, 57-58. Everything is set up. These teams have a history of playing shootouts already, even when it wasn't lined up. I mean, their last five meetings in Atlanta have combined for 55.2 points. It's just it's set up for just a beautiful spot. I mean, Mike Evans has a great history along with, you know, Jameis against Dan Quinn's defense. He's, he averages almost 19 PPR points per game against them in his career. Uh, you know, we got on the Buck side or the Falcon side. I mean, you can keep playing Sanu. He's been like a top 30 guy three weeks in a row. He's at seven or more targets uh, in each three, three, each of the past three games. Ever, like ever, who is it in play? I mean, I guess like the you know we can talk about OJ Howard if he's going to play. Devontae Freeman. And, well, Devontae Freeman is definitely and, and not all in the play. Bucks running backs. And all oh, the, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the Bucks. Oh, oh let's yeah. talk about it. Let's talk about it. Oh so, yes. So, uh, so the so the there's been a lot in the fans community, you know, the past couple of days about defense has not mattered. I'm not gonna. I'm Do not, not to stoke, even. No. Nope. Well, no, I'm not stoking those flames. But literally, <laughs> when every so when when like slates come out. And we're in the sixth week of the season. So things I'm looking for already this season, um, already when I circle circle things out, I, I go immediately straight is who's playing the Eagles. 
because no one can no one can run on the Eagles. Last year it was game script induced. This year the Eagles have trailed uh, for the third most snaps in the NFL. Teams still can't run them. Team, teams don't try to run. They lost riding the cloud. Their secondary is terrible. I look to see who the Eagles are playing. Do, does that team have functional wide receiver play? Are they good? I'm going to elevate those players. Who's playing the Kansas City Chiefs? Not because their defense is bad, because I want to target running backs. They are absolutely horrendous against the run. We have linebackers can't cover anyone in pass coverage. Some of that is game script induced. They're, the volume that they see in the passing game, but Anthony Hitchens, Reggie Ragland, like these guys are horrendous in space. Uh, I look to see who they're playing. This week they play a guy like James White. It's an auto smash spot for a guy that's already involved in his offense to that degree. And who's playing the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> because they're in the same boat. They play that cover three. We talk about it every week. They want to allow a bunch of underneath, you know, targets and make tackles uh, in, the, in that cover three defense. But when you're talking about matchups, they need to be something that you, you arrive to after your you know, icing on the cake that elevates a, a player. You have to be able to start with something functional with the player first. And that's you can't just play matchup alone. And that's what we have here with this Tampa Bay backfield. They are averaging a combined 67 yards per scrimmage per game. That is dead last in the NFL. To give you an idea of the gap of how bad that is, the Arizona Cardinals are 31st. They're at 92 yards per game, basically a 25 full yard difference per game than the Bucks backfield. All the only way you can talk about either of these guys, Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones, and we still don't know what the split's going to be there or who's going to get touches, is to strictly just talk about how bad Atlanta's been in that area of the field. You can't talk about anything as a starting block point based to talk about in these Bucks back back guys. What Ronald a- Jones, Peyton Barber, you can't. It's just you're literally blind playing the matchup, which generally leads to poor results. I mean, what if I said that Ronald Jones is under 4K on DraftKings, though? I mean, you can mix them in a, in a GPP. I don't know if anyone faults like that's the typical, but you can't, you can't form an argument for any of those players on their own merit outside of Atlanta in the game total. This is like, that's like the biggest rant I've ever heard you go on, Reeves. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, like, it was kind of unbelievable. Reeves is usually just like, just, you know, get quick, not too, not too strong. Like he, he tells you how it is, but he doesn't just kind of go off. Evan, that was like, it was like you just morphed into Reeves' body real quick. So I'm assuming then, uh, Silva, you do not like Ronald Jones this week. No, no. I mean, no. Uh, I, I think that because the Bucks running backs do not catch passes and Ronald Jones did not catch passes in high school. He did not catch passes in college. Uh, and he, he couldn't catch passes in the preseason and he hasn't caught passes in his limited time in the pros so far. So why would we all of a sudden expect him to catch passes? You know, we, we wouldn't. Um, Peyton Barber didn't catch passes at Auburn and has not caught passes in the pros. Uh, so I think that, you know, if, you're, if we're going to try to be real sneaky, we might look at Adam Humphreys uh, as a super cheap. I know it's gross. Oh. I, know it's gross. I, I mean, I if the Bucks want to throw, if the Bucks want to throw their running backs, they're doing the Falcons an ultimate favor because that means the ball's not going to Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, Cameron Brate. Uh, Jameis targeted Adam Humphreys off the bench against the Bears more than any other dude. Just so you know, I, I, not, I am not playing Adam Humphreys. Okay, I'm just making. I, I'm sure. playing Cameron Brait for sure, um, but I, I just wanted to drop his name because uh, I don't know. We're we're looking for you know little off the board plays every week, and you know. I mean you know I love my off the board wide receivers, but I got to draw the line somewhere, and I feel like Adam Humphreys <laughs> is a reasonable place to do it. Yeah. Right, <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk about Cameron Brait because he's somebody who, if OJ Howard misses. Braid it might end up being the 
chalkiest tight end on the slate. It's probably going to be him or Eric Ebron. If O.J. Howard plays, though, he's actually cheaper than Brayton. I understand he's banged up, but Reeves, talk to me about Brayton because I know you're all in on this guy. Yeah, I think I'm going to play Brayton even if Howard plays, to be honest, uh, just because we Howard is basically playing with a metal leg, practicing with a metal leg, so we won't know how much he'll play. They can actually use both of these guys because, like Evan said, they don't throw to their running backs. Um, and Brayton is obviously – a guy, him and Jameis have just had like an awesome connection in the NFL. Even last year, Jameis targeted him 14% of the time. Ryan Fitzpatrick was 9%. Uh, Brait has the most – he's fifth in all tight ends for touchdowns since 2015. He scored in each of the past two games. He's min-priced on FanDuel, and he's 37 on DK. And you already talked about the slate. You kind of hit about it with Eric Ebron being the highest-priced guy. Gronk and Kelsey are on Sunday night football. Kittle and Graham are on Monday night football. Ertz is on Thursday night. This tight end slate from the main slate is is dreadful. Uh, so why not just go for a cheap guy that has upside? I think even if even if Howard were to play, if you're going to tell me Cameron Brate's going to run 20, 20 to 25 routes in a shootout, I'm gonna probably just going to take that at the price compared to what's available for the field. See, and I actually like, I understand that he's banged up and he's playing, you know, like on a metal leg like you guys are saying. I want to play some OJ Howard though. Like to me, it's he's cheaper than Bright. More people are going to play Bright, and I can get OJ Howard, who when he has two legs is more explosive than Bright. Now that might not be this week, but he's probably just as explosive as Bright with one leg. Evan, do you prefer Howard or Bright? Bright for sure. I'm hoping yeah. that OJ Howard does not play because I want to use Cameron Bright at minimum price on FanDuel. Um, also, over the last four weeks. Uh, teams targeting tight ends against the Falcons have gone uh, completed 15 of 17 passes, 88% for 167 yards, almost 10 yards per attempt and a touchdown. Uh, and that was to a pretty bad group of tight ends, Saints Steelers and Bengals with only one half of uh, Tyler Eifert uh, during that span. So just a really efficient decision uh, to throw to tight ends against the Falcons right now, unsurprising because they're missing their middle linebacker and both of their starting safeties. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, if you want to pair up Winston and Bright together, I mean, you get a quarterback wide receiver slash tight end pairing at almost, at almost like the minimum, you know, on both positions. So it's really a phenomenally cheap spot. If you want to go, I think a lot of people are going to do that if Howard's out. So, you know, maybe in tournaments, that's not the play you just want to go all in on, but at the same time, a lot of upside, especially in a pretty big floor, honestly, in this matchup with those two guys on the Falcons side. We already talked a lot about Julio Jones. Reeves, what about these other pieces? Because Devontae Freeman, he showed up on the injury report. Now it kind of sounds like he's going to be doubtful to play this week. So is it going to be Tevin Coleman? Is it going to be E-Troll Smith? Like, are we talking about Kevin Calvin Ridley, Sanu, Austin Hooper? My boy came through for us last week. Reeves, who else do you like on the Falcons? Yeah, I mean, Austin Hooper's in play again still, too. I mean, he's coming off that career-high game, you know, 12 targets, 9 catches. The Bucks are lying a league-high 104 yards per game to tight ends. He's Hooper just keeps running into, like, these – like, you don't really want to play him because the volume can always not be there for him. But everything is – he's in these high game totals against teams that have just been getting wrecked by tight ends. So he still stays on the board. You mentioned that Devontae Freeman's probably not going to play. Uh, so that helps us out a little bit. Because when it was going to be, like, a three-man, like like – quagmire it was going to be like basically hands off now at least we know it's going to be coleman Edo smith that gives us something to work with here because tampa bay's been awful they're 22nd in yards per scrimmage uh, allowed to running backs they're 28th in fantasy points ppr points allowed to backfields per game uh so the last time these two uh, it was just coleman and Edo smith coleman played 40 snaps Edo smith played 30 
Uh, you know, Smith got 10 touches. I mean, you can, you can take him cheap, you know, in a matchup like this and, you know, he can be like a Tariq Cohen like factor. Coleman's price dropped way down now when Freeman came back. So he's way back on the board. Um, cause his price dipped, you know, he was starting for a few weeks. It kept climbing up, kept climbing up. Freeman came back, it dropped. Now he's super cheap again. So he's on the board and a, 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 a real high team total. He started one of his games against the Bucks last year when Freeman was out. And I think he scored two touchdowns that game. Uh, so I mean, he's way back in play, you know, especially now. Evan, can we just like kick Edo Smith off the team? I am so sick of my running backs getting vultured by Edo bleeping Smith of all people. So do you, I mean, you, I know, you know, people, can you get him kicked off, kicked out of the league? No, I, I, I have him in dynasty. So I'm like rooting for him. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Of bleeping course you do. But, uh, no, I mean, you know, I, I, I think that it looks like Devontae Freeman's not going to play. So, yes. uh, I, and it's not necessarily going to be, you know, a Tevin Coleman dominated backfield as we've seen. Um, but as Reeb said, you know, Tevin's price came way down, man. And now he's in this, you know, monster shootout game. He didn't really live up to expectations. I didn't think uh, during those three starts that he had uh, earlier in the year, I played him every week and I was pretty disappointed. He, not like he killed me, but. Uh, I expected more. Yeah. Yeah. He was just kind of a guy, you know, like he didn't, yeah, he didn't, he he didn't tell you, but you were never doing anything with him. Right. So I don't, I don't think that, you know, necessarily like people are, and people are, <laughs> people are now aware of Ito Smith too, especially look at the box score. He was the only Falcons back to have a touchdown last week. Uh, he only had four touches and he only played 17% of the snaps, but people now know who Ito Smith is and that's probably going to drive people away uh, from, from Tevin Coleman. I wish they threw him the rock more. You know, why, why, I mean, I would love to see him, them throw him the rock more, get him in space. He can, he can bang long plays. I don't really understand why they don't do that. They, they really under Sarkeesian. That's another thing that Sarkeesian has kind of not done enough of is get uh, the backs involved in the passing. game. Yeah, it's really, and these were two guys, Freeman and Coleman that, you know, lot when it wasn't Sark, they were just catching so many passes and, you know, Coleman, we were playing him at 3,500, 4k every single week because you know he had that game breaking upside if he caught a long pass and now they're just not seeing the targets pretty frustrating offense to be involved with Reeves anybody else are you looking at like Calvin Ridley Muhammad Sanu any of these other guys interest you yeah I mentioned Sanu off the top I mean you know he's still in a good spot we talked about what he's been doing the past three games getting involved I mean Ridley's always gonna be in play the thing about Ridley is I think he's got what six or fewer targets now in every game but one uh, so, I mean, you just need those touchdowns to happen. Like he's the targets haven't, the targets just haven't consistently been there, but the, listen, man, everyone's in play in this game. I mean, you talk, we kind of glossed over Matt Ryan, but like he's in such a great spot. I mean, the bucks are so horrendous. You talked about they allowed six touchdowns to Trubisky. They are dead last in like the most like standout categories you like would want to target like a team to be in. I mean, they're 32nd in yards per attempt to quarterbacks. They're 32nd in yards per game. They're 32nd in touchdown rate. It, I mean, w- when you have those kind of peripheral stats, like there's no one really in the passing game that's hand off or hands off because there's just going to be a plethora of points to go around. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be really hard to go wrong with the Falcons. And, of course, one of them will probably done, and I would imagine three of them are going to get there. If you, if you can afford Matt Ryan this week, hey, by all means, go for it. It's 6.8K, especially on DraftKings where there's a lot of value at quarterback. It's a tough price to pay. All right, let's move on to the Steelers and the Bengals. Total of 53. The Bengals at home, they're two-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'll tell you what, Evan, this is a nice little start uh, for you season-long guys out there. Nice little start of a stretch for Andy Dalton because he gets to play – the Steelers, I forget the – I think he plays Kansas City and one other just awful defense. So if you're starting Tampa. Danny, 
Tampa. Yeah, I mean, he's just like if if you're playing season long and Andy Dalton's sitting there on their waiver wire, go ahead and grab him real quick. But let's yeah. talk about this Bengals uh, team because Joe Mixon, he returned last week, caught a touchdown pass, had over 90 yards on the ground. A.J. Green, obviously a phenomenal play. He's 8K as opposed to Julio Jones, who's 7.9K. When's the last time you saw A.J. Green more expensive than Julio Jones? So he's up there. I think C.J. Uzoma's sneaky this week. You know, he made the little flop flag after everybody playing last week. Didn't really do anything. Uzoma's still down there at 3K, and I think he's interesting. Evan, who are you liking on the Bengals? Yeah, especially because there's really no threat of Tyler Cross. Oft anymore uh, to CJ Uzoma. Tyler Croft is going to, it looks like he's going to miss extensive time uh, with a foot injury to the extent that they had to sign another tight end, uh, Matt Lengel, uh, I believe off the Patriots practice squad or, or off the street. Um, so uh, CJ Uzoma, he's, he's got it on lock. He was 92% of the snaps last week, 28 routes run. Um, you know, Croft gets injured. You look at the tight ends that have faced uh, the Steelers so far just murked every week. You know, Austin Hooper blows up for nine catches. Week before, Ravens tight ends had 10 catches. A uh, week before that, the Bucks tight ends had nine for 106 and a touchdown. And Kelsey, of, of course, uh, crushed them in uh, week two. You know, I think that the target expectation for C.J. Uzoma is probably like three to six, you know, so – um, that, that's a definite concern. You know, that's really the, the primary concern. But if we can get him uh, close to minimum, uh, he's in a good matchup. He, he's on a team that ranks third in the NFL in scoring, uh, and he's going to be out there the entire game. Uh, so uh, I, I think he's, he's definitely interesting. Joe Mixon, you know, Marvin Lewis every week comes out, oh, we're going we're gonna to share the backfield this week between Mark Walton and <laughs> – Mark Walton, no, nobody, yeah. nobody fell for that last week, did they? I hope not. Um, <laughs> Bill Mixon comes out and has 25 touches, yeah. uh, career high in snaps. Um, the Steelers have actually been pretty good against RBs so far, holding them to 3.4 yards per carry, third fewest receiving yards allowed uh, to RBs. But again, you know that that high high volume work uh, workhorse usage, you know, playing at home. Um, they just don't trust Mark Walton. I mean, why would they trust Mark Walton? Because he, he stinks, uh, or at least at this point, he stinks. Uh, so, you know, I, I expect another 20-plus touches. He's got – Joe Mixon has 22, 22, and 25 touches. Uh, this game has absolutely has high-scoring uh, potential against teams that rank uh, third in the NFL in scoring, uh, the Bengals, and fourth in the NFL in scoring uh, in the Steelers. What I want to hear is because, you know, Reeves was the first one to parse this out. Everybody just for years said, oh, Ben on the road, you know, you can't play him. Uh, but Reeves really was the first one to parse out that – it's really just 1 p.m. Eastern time road games. It's not, you know, it's not the 4.30s. He's fine in the 4.30s. Uh, he's great in prime time. I mean, he's like at his best in prime time. Doesn't matter uh, if he's on the road or at home. He's great in domes uh, on the road. But it's the 1 p.m. Eastern time games outdoors where Ben has really fallen short. What, what do you think about him this, this week, Reeves? Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things, the same thing with uh, Breeze playing outdoors, like there's really no way to tell you why this is happening. But the sample is so large that when these guys have moments where they're usable in these situations, those are the variant spots. You, know, you look at Breeze, we talked about it a couple weeks ago when they played the Giants, he had gone his past 15 games outdoors on the road, he was a QB1 just four or 15 games. 
11 games, you're getting like really subpar Drew Brees performance. Ben now has been a top 10 fantasy score in just two of his past 22 road games and early start times. He's thrown two or more touchdowns in just five of those 22 games. You know, over that span, the Steelers have hit their implied team total just six times in 22 <coughs> games. It already happened in week one. I would bet – I mean, listen, I already know – like, I do the betting – I'm banging the under in this game. I've already bet it uh, because just, just the, the history is too strong here. I mean, even if I lose, I feel like the process was good. Um, I think the Steelers are going to come under. I think the Bengals' defense is getting a little bit better. They're getting a little bit – you know, they got Vontaze perfect back. They're going to be okay. Uh, the Steelers really also just um, – like I said, in these spots just haven't come through. So, I mean, I'm banging the under. Uh, I, I'm treating Ben as a QB, too, because, like I said, the variance spots when he hits in these, those are the – that's that's the the, the outliers. I mean, you, you're talking – we're talking about a 22-game a, a sample. Yeah. Like, you know, a year and a half of football, a yeah, full they, season of football. I'm glad you said that you're banging the under because I feel pretty strongly the same way, and I also feel pretty strongly that the Bengals are going to – cover this game I would probably take him more than just two and a half Evan what do you, I mean what do you think about just this game flow in general are you as are you as uh, bearish on the Steelers as we are I mean I I don't like to hear that and I know you know what what all the the data says but um, I think that you know in a season long I'm playing Ben I'm not playing him this week in DFS you know um, but I, it, it's it's ugly. It's ugly. The, the dude who's in the best spot is James Conner yeah. uh, on the Steelers. Um, the Bengals. Even with perfect coming back? I mean, he's one dude out of 11. You know, how, how he's much an important a, guy, though. I mean, unless he gets kicked important. out. He's, he, could get, he could get kicked yeah, out. Yeah, he definitely might get kicked out. That's possible. Let's, yeah, I mean, what's the probability? It's got to be like, like you know, 15%. Is this a situation where it's uh, to leave to leave uh, Crabtree where Perfect just goes straight at Juju and then dudes get ejected like the first oh, drive? Oh, that would be bad. Rip, rips after, his yeah. after, after what Juju <laughs> did last year? After what Juju did to him last year? <laughs> oh, please, no. But Perfect <laughs> came back and they got roasted again by running backs in the past game. Yeah, yeah. Right. So I, he didn't make a big difference in his first game, the, the, you know, Kenyon Drake had like his one of his best receiving games ever. Um, the Bengals have given up, and and over the years, as uh, Perfect has been in the lineup, they have been very vulnerable uh, to running backs in the passing game. I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's definitely a product of scheme. It's a multi-year thing. It's kind of like the Falcons. They're not quite as quite, you know, to the extent of the Falcons. Um, but it, it's been relatively close to that. Uh, and James Conner, of course, uh, top 10 among running backs and catches, top five in receiving yards. Um, the Bengals have given up 4.7 yards per carry uh, to opposing running backs. James Conner obviously is, is uh, game script proof. Um, and people are, you know, he was great last week, but I, I think that people are, are not going to play him uh, this week in, in this spot. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny because I looked at this and I said, well, okay, if I think the Bengals are going to blow him out, can I really play the running back on the other side? And you look at James Conner's game long. He has, you know, he has targets this season of four, five, six, six, and seven. So, like like you said, I mean, he's game script proof, and I don't think many people are going to play Conner. I think more people are going to be focusing on the passing game. Guys like Antonio Brown, we talked about Juju. I think even James Washington's in play. And then Reeves, are we going back to the well with the man who let us all down last week in Vance McDonald? <laughs> I don't know what this thing is with you and James Washington. It's becoming a weekly thing now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, my new, he's my new Kobe Fleener. 
Um, and by the way, yeah, we so talk about Steelers every week. Like, I'm going to talk about the cheap wide receiver on the team. I know, I, I got it. What, one, one, like with Kobe Fleener, you know, he's going James Washington is going to be terrible for like six weeks, and then all of a sudden he's going to hit like a long TD, and we're going to be getting tweets from Crane like, "Oh yeah, I told you it was coming. I told you." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be tweeting at Evan. I played him in season long, and Evan's just gonna go, "Dude, you suck at season long." You know, it's just gonna be the exact same discussion we have every single week. <laughs> but yeah, all right, Reeves. So, who do you like on the Steelers' passing attack? Is it? Are you going back to the Vance? Well, uh, no, because the Steelers really pulled one off on us that last week. Vance ran 19 pass routes. You know, Jesse James ran 15. The week before, it was 32 to 11. Complete dominant split. And they just kind of went back to kind of like a, you know, 55-45 last week. So we don't know what we're going to get. We don't know. I mean, it's the spot is good. I mean, the Bengals are 25th in points allowed per game to tight ends. Um, and that's when and, – and you think about the, who they've faced. They're that bad, and they face the Dolphins and the Greg Olsenless Panthers in two of their five games. That's how bad they've been. So, I mean, you could take a shot in tournaments. I don't think there's – I think the floor is just – we saw last week, the floor is just too low. Um, where you can play a guy like Brait or something, someone like that, or your guy O.J. Howard or Hooper and probably feel a little bit safer. Um, you can still play Antonio. You just can't, you can't fade that like, kind of volume Antonio's got with his type of talent. You just don't fade that. Um, you can look for him. He's not going to be a guy I'm going to play in cash just because his price and where I can get a guy like Julio or like even like a guy like Bob Woods maybe. Um, I, I like Juju still. You know, he's, you know what, he's got 12 red zone targets. He leads the team in targets inside the 10. Uh, he's in play still. I mean, all, all of that is still good to go. Um, the other side's pretty interesting to me because, you know, we got the Bengals and what they did last week was great. We love when we get see rational coaching, especially when it caters to a team's best players. They move A.J. Green in the slot for almost 50% of his routes last week, 45%. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, is Avon Howard, what's going to happen? They've been so good against wide receiver ones. Well, Bill Lazor said, we're just going to shuffle A.J. Green in a slot where he had, you know, three catches and 50 yards, you know, half of his game total. Um, he's another guy that's got, like, flamethrower status at the Steelers at home. Kind of we talked about Julio and the Bucks. The only problem is all of those splits, none of them have come against Joe Hayden. And I don't know what the thing is with, like, it's, like, career long for A.J. Green. Him and Joe Hayden have, like, this ongoing history of where Hayden has just nuked him. And Hayden knew Julio for three quarters last week to zero. Julio at zero. And so they played eight times, Hayden and A.J. Green. A.J. Green has gone – he's been held to 51 yards or fewer in six of those games. He's gone over three catches just three times in those games. Obviously, you're not going to fade A.J. Green. He's not uh, Antonio Brown corollary of targets and talent. You don't fade that. But there's like a real bulk history of Joe Hayden really sticking it to A.J. Green. Are we Which really means Tyler Boyd is the dude? Ah, oh, you're on team. You're on team Tyler. I, <laughs> I just can't be afraid of Joe Hayden of all people. Like I, I just can't do it. I understand. Like it's got a history with AJ Green, but it, it's Joe Hayden. Like Evan, are we really? Should we really be scared of Joe Hayden? Well, you know, and Reeves touched on both of these points, and I'm gonna uh, give a, a, a hearty defense of Vance McDonald. Okay. All right. Um, you know, because Reeves, I need it. Like, I need it. Reeves did not like Alfred Blue. Last week, and you know, neither, Dude, neither Alfred Blue ran line. 45 pass routes, he ran for like 48 he, yards. He played 79 of 80 <laughs> snaps in that game. 
Um, I'll take the L. I did not see 45 (laughs) pass routes in Alfred Blue's. Please tell me. Range of outcomes. Please tell me people were out there tweeting at Reeves. Why didn't you know he was going to run over 40 pass routes? That would be amazing. Because I I had him uh, in uh, Thursday, Mondays. And I, and like, I had like, I ran one lineup in Thursday, Mondays and like every dude hit, uh, and I had Alfred blue, but they kept not giving him the damn ball on the goal line, you know? So I'm like, please. To be fair, Evan did text me Friday. Evan did text me on Friday in the afternoon about Alfred blue. Alfred blue. (laughs) You ready for Alfred blue week? Um, but anyways, so, I mean, Reeves noted that, um, Reeves noted that, you know, AJ Green ran the slot last week, 45%. And he had his most targets of the season and he had his most yards of the season. Uh, and he has, he also had a touchdown out of the slot in week one against the Colts. Um, so they've been dabbling with this. Joe Hayden has played four snaps in the slot all year. Uh, so, you know, it's in all likelihood, you know, Joe Hayden, if, if, like Bill Lazor and he used to keep running him in the slot, keep him away from Joe Hayden, let him match up with Mike Hilton. He's pretty good, but he's real small. I mean, he's like five eight, like one eighty or something. Like he's so small. That's why I didn't get drafted uh, out of Ole Miss for Vance McDonald. So last week, uh, Antonio Brown was the only dude on the Steelers who had more than four targets. So, so you know, it's it's hard. Or I think maybe James Conner had more than four. Um, but certainly none of the none of the receipt Juju had four, uh, Vance had a had a couple, so you know it just wasn't a big volume game for the passing game in general. They played with a lead, that's gonna translate to Jesse James playing a little bit more because he's the blocking tight end. Um, I I like Vance McDonald uh, as a bounce back, but you know his salary probably went up just because of the ownership, right? They they raised the oh no three point four k. Okay. Uh, what, hey. what, is, what is he on FanDuel, Reeves? Do you know? Here, I can pull it up real quick. It's just okay. one button away. Yeah. He is, drum roll please, he is 4.6K, so 100 bucks. Okay, over. so he's the same as he was last week. And yeah, no by the way, you do, you, people, don't don't pay up for tight end this week. Don't do it. Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> between Vance McDonald, I like Uzoma at 5.1. Over Who are you paying for if you're paying I, up? Oh, that's a fair point. Eric <laughs> Ebron. Eric Ebron, 6.5K. See, I'll tell you what, that's right, guys. I'm here for you just sitting. I'm just a guy sitting in a chair saying, don't play Eric Ebron, and I would have been wrong most weeks, but not this week. Not yeah, but this I, week. I just think that the game script is going to be different, is likely going to be different in this one. Um, but you're right. I mean, I think he's going to be volatile all, all year. He's not going to be like a consistent producer. Um, but I think that he he's, he's going to get more looks this week. And we've seen – he's got like really good run-after-catch ability – you know, just get him, get him. Yeah, the ball. He kills like, guys. Get him ball, the ball like four times, you know, please. And he's going to break a lot of tackles. Yeah. By the way, the chat is sitting here, you know, they're making fun of us, Evan. They're sitting here around here saying, you know, you can't really predict Fontes Perfect getting uh, kicked out. You know, you, that's like worrying about foul trouble in the NBA. Fontes joking it. around, like, don't. Well, yeah, yeah, that. And by the way, Perfect getting kicked out of a game is still more predictable than foul trouble in the NBA. I'm just going to say it. All right, let's move on to our third game. It's Kansas City at New England. We got the, uh, the Sunday night. It's not a hammer anymore, but it's still a pretty massive total on Sunday night. 
59 and Thank a half. Thank God it's not a hammer. Yeah, I know, right? This, <laughs> can you imagine, like, if you're winning all the – if you're sitting there winning the Millie Maker on Sunday and you say, all I have to do is fade the 60-point total between the Chiefs and the Patriots. <laughs> God, that would be – that would not be fun. You would not in that night in a very good mood, I can promise you. So let's talk about this game because it just has everything. On the Patriots side, Edelman's back. Gronkowski seems fine. Sonny Michelle, he's a little bit banged up, but he still seems like he's going to play. James White, we all know the upside with him. And, like, Reeves, is there anybody not to like in this game, honestly? I mean, yeah, it's another one of those games where you just try to find, like, what pieces are you not, like, really attracted to? I mean, it's really hard to make a case for Chris Hogan. He's in that matchup. Like, you can just say matchup team total. Dude has, what, 11 catches this year? Like, he's he's out there. He's on the field. Like, he's getting exercise. Like, he's exercising <laughs> during the games. But, like, uh, they, they're not using him. They're not using him to do anything. But, it, you know, if there's a dude that's going to catch two touchdowns on a random game, who knows? Uh, we saw Dorsett's, Dorsett like, had his fewest number of targets and ran his fewest number of routes uh, in a game last week as Gordon doubled his targets and routes from his first game. Still, Gordon's still in an area where he's not getting enough burn to make you feel good, but you can take some swings. I mean, see what happens. Uh, I doubt he. I doubt he has the kind of ceiling though to like win you a tournament. Like even when he scores, like last week he scored, but what did you get? Ten points. Like so, like you could take a victory lap on that, but you're probably not going to get enough points out of him to really do something unless he makes like a really long catch and run. Uh, it's just yeah, it's just one of these games. This is this game is the highest game total for an NFL game since 2004. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it's already moved up. It got hit. It, got, it started at 58. It opened at 58 and it's got, and it's got pegged up. Can you already. imagine like a team total opening at 58 and you just being a better saying, oh, I can't wait to fire that over? Like that's, I mean, that's just it's, nutty. It's hard to find a lot of a way like where like teams are going to slow each other down. So Patrick Mahomes the past two weeks has faced a little more pressure each week. Last week was the most pressure he faced since week one. He's facing a defense that is the absolute worst in pressuring the quarterback. They are dead last in the NFL in sack rate. They just allowed a top five scoring quarterback week to a dude whose best weapons were Eric Ebron and Chester Rogers. Uh, it's, it's just a real good bounce back spot for, I guess if you want to call it a bounce back spot, the dude threw for 300 yards against the Jaguars, uh, you know, to, to just light up, you know, the, the Patriots, you know, defense, they're not going to put any pressure on this guy. And everyone, everyone here is going to benefit uh, for the merrier because of it, because we saw like when he doesn't get pressure in those weeks two and three, what happens? Yeah. Bombs away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a phenomenal spot for Mahomes, for Tyreek Hill. I even think Sammy Watkins can have a big one here. Evan, who are you in particular targeting in this one? Yeah, um, I wanted to mention that uh, Tyreek Hill is uh, the number one uh, dude, uh, the buy low dude in, in Hermsmeyer's uh, model this week, which is defense agnostic. Okay. Well, everything's defense agnostic, Evan. Evan. It doesn't matter. Defense doesn't matter. Um, no, but I wanted to note that uh, last week the number one dude was Odell Beckham, uh, who, you know, threw a touchdown, caught a long one, almost had a third, uh, but Br- Bradbury knocked it out of his hands uh, in the end zone, uh, you know, went, went well over 100 yards. So, um, and I think that uh, the, the Millie Maker ha- has had uh, each week someone who, who uh, showed up in Herms Meyer's um, air yards uh, by to be mile. fair to, to be fair it's not like I'm not trying to discredit this but to say Odell Beckham was underachieving to that point or Tyree Kill has been underachieving isn't exactly uh something that we need to 
you know, put airplane, you know, pr propellers on. And, you know, it's, it, it's easy right. to, it's easy to, to, to pinpoint a lot of these, uh, the, the top guys here, because they're star guys getting tons of volume that just hasn't turned into results yet. And that's yeah. what we've had with Tyree Kill the past three weeks being under 60 yards and still getting all that volume. We also have, you know, the crazy ass road splits, which are just like, what the hell, you know, Tyree Kill <laughs> on the road is like, you know, the reverse Ben at home. Uh, and we also have the fact that the Patriots have like one of the slowest defenses in the NFL. Um, you know, they're, they're really slow. Their, their corners are like bigger dudes, Gilmore and uh, Rowe. When Rowe is healthy, Rowe's been out a little bit recently, but you know, not the quickest Twitch dudes and Tyreek Hill is the quickest Twitch dude. Uh, so, you know, for just from every standpoint, you know, the, the forthcoming regression to the mean, you know, this weird road game trend that keeps freaking hitting. Uh, and, you know, the, the matchup from a matchup standpoint, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense for Tyreek Hill and just sheer talent, you know, and, and, and a quarterback that's willing to rip it in the freaking high total. So he, he checks like every box in the book, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough not to like Tyreek Hill. And I mean, I'll tell you what, Sammy Watkins – Tyreek Hill light almost, you know, just like the deep threat with Watkins. I have no problem with him either. You know, Kelsey, of course, he's expensive, but you can always play Travis Kelsey. And on the Patriots side, I mean, are you jumping on Edelman here, Reeves? I mean, the we kind of talked about it last week that, like, the Chiefs have been playing a little better, limiting, you know, slot production. You know, they faced Manny Sanders two weeks ago. Last week, D.B. Westbrook was coming off of his best game, and he was he didn't do anything in that game. I think he only had five targets in a game that – like Bortles through 61 passes, um, but it's Edelman. He's going to get his. I mean, the thing with Edelman is he's always more of like a high floor guy, like not one of these like huge, you know, guys you really bank on a DFS to drop a 30 game, but, you know, real high, safe floor. Watkins is looking good. I mean, I, I want to talk about the, just the Chiefs run defense for a little bit because the Chiefs run defense is horrendous mm -hmm. and they keep scripting teams out of the run. But they just keep getting gouged to open games, and then they just teams can't run them. So the Chiefs have outscored opponents fifty nine to nine in the first quarter this season, basically just racing boats early every game. They faced just forty eight rush attempts in the second half all season long in five games. So the under ten rushing attempts per game they're facing. The only teams below them all have had a bye week uh, in second half rushing attempts faced. They're thirty second in rushing points allowed per carry. Uh, this is a game where I doubt they, they pull like way ahead. This is a game where, I mean, this, this is a game where you're going to see, to see the, the Patriots stick with the run and, and four quarters of rush volume against this, this defense for the chiefs. And they haven't yet faced that, you know, in a game this season. So, I mean, like the guy like Sony Michelle is going to, is in a really good spot, you know, to really, we, we don't even know what type of ceiling a guy has against the chiefs defense. If he's going to get, you know, 18 to 20 carries in a game uh, and then catch, you know, a few passes per game. So, I mean, this is a, this is a spot where maybe we see the game plan for the Patriots actually to be, they know they can't stop Patrick Mahomes mm -hmm. and they know they can run the football and they really just light the chiefs up on the ground. I don't know if they're really capable of doing that, but I think that they can come out and try to do that uh, in this game. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, go ahead, Evan. Yeah. I mean, you know, we, we've seen them do this, to the Colts, you know, famously uh, over the years. Um, but it, it makes, you know, it makes some sense. I mean, and this is the avenue where the game goes under, you know, this is, this is where 
the the scenario where it doesn't meet expectations and you know maybe stacking up a different game you know you get an edge in that way but you know th- this is the way that uh, it doesn't meet the expectations if is if the patriots are able to control the game on the ground they love sony michelle i mean you know one of the most popular statistics for a few weeks there was just that when he was in the game they were giving him the ball you know mm-hmm. that, that he, his like touches per snaps were like the highest in the league and then he really started to get volume and play more and you know we've seen he's been super super productive like they love this dude um, and I, man, I love it when the Patriots backfield gets narrowed down to just two guys <laughs> for like three or four, because they just mash. And, you know, you wound up getting like Sony Michelle in like the eighth or ninth round. And he's like a borderline RB one, you know, in season long and James White, you know, no one want to take him. And he's an every week starter, even in non PPR, you know, um, but, and the chiefs this year, they have faced 47 pass attempts per game. Uh, that's almost three more than the next highest in the NFL. Uh, they have allowed the most receiving yards to running backs in the NFL. And they've allowed the second most receptions uh, to running backs in the NFL. It's also possible that the Patriots like try to do the Sony Michelle thing and then it doesn't work, you know, and, you know, Hey, the chiefs come out and Tyreek scores one and Kelsey scores one. And all of a sudden it's 14 to three and it's the James white game the, the entire time, you know? So I mean, you know, that's like sort of hedging and not taking a stance, but it's not an easy game script to predict by any means because we have two very high-octane offenses uh, and we have two very vulnerable defenses. And, you know, a lot of what ends up happening in the game is probably going to be based on maybe what happens early in the game. Um, so, Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, if you're playing that showdown slate, you need either one of Sony – or James White. You can play both of them, but you definitely yeah. need at least one of them. I would not. I think, man, both are such good spots. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it's <laughs> it's really hard to go wrong there with those guys. You know they're going to get touches. Um, Josh Gordon, are we buying Josh Gordon, Reeves? I mean, I already talked about that. Did you miss me talking about Josh no, Gordon? No, I, I mean, I heard about it. I just want to make sure, like, are you buying him? Like, I mean, am I am I buying it? Like, not really buying, but, I mean, sure. I can see you can, you can, <laughs> you can, sell me, you can tell me a story about it. I have no story. Um, but, I have no story. Yeah, I mean, he went, he ran 18 pass routes last week. It was up from nine. He had nine. He had four targets up from two. Uh, you know, made the splash play. Him, you can see that there's a disconnect still between them. He was wide open on two of his targets, and Brady just I don't know what the story was uh, on either one, but you know there was a, there was an obvious disconnect. But because he he had catch, you know, he ran he murked his dude on the route. Uh, I don't know if it was a timing thing. You know, obviously not. I'm not going to blame Tom Brady at this point. I know, I know Evan's going to tell me I'm wrong, but Brady looks so washed. I know, like, I know Evan's going to tell me it's I'm wrong. the most crane take we've had. Yeah, I mean, Evan, Brady, Brady's so washed Brady, up. Reeves about to be late for the Josh Gordon dance, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'll tell you what, when Brady goes off tomorrow night, and it's a 50, it's a 60-point total, so I'm sure he will. You can go ahead and tweet at – uh, yeah, go whatever. Go ahead and tweet at me. That's fine. Do your victory laps. He looked washed. Yeah. No, uh, well, I mean, they have the extra couple of days, you know, to maybe get him more involved in, in the offense. He's been under 30% of the snaps, like like Reeves said, you know, uh, not getting a lot of routes. But, I mean, I would expect him to move up to up to the 50% range. He's, like, been blocking well in the running game, too. Uh, he's shown up as a blocker a few times. I, you know, I get the sense, you know, and knock on wood. But, I mean, I think that he's kind of, like, buying in. 
uh, and the, the signs have been pretty positive so far. And the biggest weakness on the Chiefs, well, they're well, we, we talked about this, didn't we? They, they don't have any strengths on defense. But yeah, their, their biggest there. weakness is defense. Yeah, like right. The Chiefs' biggest weakness is playing defense. It's just like, yeah. it's just what it is. They, I mean, and it's a good thing they have the pieces to go out and try and outscore teams because that is right. absolutely what they're required to do because there is no way this defense is stopping anybody, even a wash Tom Brady. All right, but, let's talk but, about but, – oh, go ahead. Giving up the most 20-plus yard pass plays in the NFL, and they just lost – you know, maybe their best pass rusher in Justin Houston for multiple weeks due to a hamstring injury. So quarterbacks are going to have even more time. That's going to give, you know, Gordon more time to get deep. That's going to give Tom Brady more time in the pocket, you know, theoretically. And then at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the usage. Is he going to get, you know, an increase in usage? Uh, And is he, you know, are they going to connect? So, but I mean, you know, from from a matchup standpoint, it it looks real, real hot. It's just, you know, as as Reeves, you know, the the foundation of, of what Reeves was saying is just that, hey, you know, he he's not he has not been out there very much so far. All right, let's talk Take about some swings. Take some cuts. Take some yeah. cuts. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about some other quarterbacks on this slate because, of course, we talked about the three big time total games. There's one other quarterback in a for a guy that has a team with a massive team total, and that's Jared Goff, the Rams. Rams have a 30-point team total. They're facing a Broncos team that just hasn't been good defensively. Uh, Reeves, what do you think about Jared Goff this week? I'm kind of sketchy on it because the Cooks and Cup are, you know, I don't don't know if either of those guys are going to play. And I I don't, you know, the line hasn't accounted for that at this point. Maybe they're not worried, but most often than not, guys have missed the second, the, the week after a concussion. It's kind of been like an ongoing trend for the yeah. last, you know, you know, a couple of years. So I'm re- especially for a guy like Brandon Cooks, who ha- obviously had the concussion in the Super Bowl and was knocked out and took, and his hit was really bad. Uh, Cup didn't practice today. It's, it's, you know, I want to see what's going to happen. And golf's one of those guys. I think in season long, you don't have to stream for him because he still, you know, he leads the NFL in passing yards. He's thrown for 300 yards in four straight games, but. He has like this weird fantasy lines because Gurley scores so many touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's only been a top. He's only been a QB one in two or five games, throwing for all these buckets of yards. Because when they get into the money zone, it's Todd Gurley time. I mean, Todd Gurley leads the league in rushing attempts in the red zone, inside the ten, inside the five. So Jared Goff is like the opposite of Lance Arbor in Varsity Blues. Like he's <laughs> he's marching him down the field, and then they're doing they're just letting Gurley like punch in all these scores. So he's not getting these scores. So I mean, uh, it's kind of affected his ceiling a little bit. We've seen when he, when he does throw the touchdowns, the ceiling goes sky high because the yard is just there. Um, but I think that Denver was just in a really bad spot last week too. They were coming off Monday night, going to the East. Evan talked about this last week too. Um, I mean, they got boat race, just just run out of New York. I think it would be a little different this week, uh, you know, that, them being at home, you know, at, you know, at mile high. It's going to be a little different, especially if Cooks and, and uh, Cup don't play. I don't think they're going to win, but, I mean, I could see that, that game being under the total if those guys don't play. But it elevates a guy like Bob Woods for sure. Yeah, I definitely like Robert Woods this week. He's got a nice price tag at 6.9K. And if Cup and uh, Brian Cooks both miss, all of a sudden Josh Reynolds, he's in play too, which is just an uncomfortable thing to say out loud. Uh, Evan, other quarterbacks you like this week? Who you got? Uh, you know, Case Keenum. Can, can, no. Can we do, can we do oh. the Case Keenum thing? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't do it. <laughs> no. What? Are you uh, kidding me? Uh, I, I, blacked out, I, blacked out, I blacked out for a 
knocked out. Where did I stay? <laughs> Get out of here with this cascade of crap. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Golly, that guy is dead to me. He is dead. Dead. Fair enough. Golly. I, I hope he gets replaced by Deshaun Kaiser somehow at halftime. Just like, just, I don't care. I don't care. You fly him in, fly Kaiser in. Yeah, fly Kaiser in. Say, sorry, you're no longer well. Where is he at? Green Bay right now. I don't know. He's rotting somewhere. He and Case Keenum can room together in hell. All right. So good for you. Anyways, Evan, you like Case Keenum? Who else? Um, uh, definitely Cam. Uh, and he played poorly last week. I mean, he really did not play well. I, I can't, uh, I, I can't recall what, what his uh, fantasy numbers were. Um, but he, I mean, just watching the game, like he, he, he did not play well. Uh, and you know, it's one thing I've talked to, uh, Ross Tucker about it. And a dude named Hayden Winks did a, a little study for us last week was teams coming off the bye uh, don't necessarily, that's not always a positive thing. Um, and, you know, Ross, as a, a former player, you know, he, he, you know, talks about like, hey, you get out of your routine, you know, you go see your family, you come back, you know, and you, you don't perform that well on Sunday. It's not just all about, you know, hey, we're getting our body, you know, freshened up. And then what, what Hayden kind of showed was that uh, the, the uh, performance was higher variance, uh, you know, coming off the bye. And, and we saw Alex Smith just. Ooh, that was awful, dude. Oh my god. He gets through him with Case Keenum and Deshaun Kaiser. That was that so team bad. that team has not been able to figure out what they are week to week. No. They're losers. They are That's losers. who they are. That's they are what they are. Yeah, they figured it out. They just don't like it. Right. Um, <laughs> but I think that Cam is kinda in a bounce back spot. Now they're uh, both these teams coming off the bye are playing each other, Carolina at Washington. Um, I'm gonna go back to some Cam plus McCaffrey. Didn't didn't fully work out last week, uh, but I like it a lot. It is um, weird because this, like this game, this game, that game is completely hidden too. Like yeah. you can scroll down the games and just not even notice the Panthers at Washington. Like yeah. it's, I, I get it, and I'll tell you what, Cam was a massive disappointment for me last week because yeah. I had a lot of Odell teams, and I just ran it back on the other side with Cam, which it halfway got there, just didn't all the way get there. Reeves, I kind of asked you about golf and didn't ask you about any other quarterbacks that you like. Who you really like out there? I mean, we touched pretty much on everyone I like. Um, I think I'm just going to keep chasing the the white Russell Wilson whale. Uh, Eventually, there's going to be a game where he has to throw 35 times. I don't know when it's going to happen. It probably won't be in London against this Raiders run defense. But there's go- he's still playing, like, hyper-efficient football. And the Raiders are just have just been so bad against the pass and run in totality. They've just been bad everywhere. Uh, I'm just going to keep running some stacks out there. It's only because I want an excuse to play Amari Cooper in a, in a tournament. <laughs> I, 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 I know we got to move forward, but I wanted to hear your guys' takes on Eli uh, tomorrow night. I mean, every single time this game happens, I play Eli and I play Odell with him. Like I just, I did it last year. They crushed it. This is it, tomorrow's going to be no different. You just Eli lock has in. smashed Jim yeah. Jim Schwartz's D. I know. The th- three of the three of the four years last year, he didn't even really have anything, and that we thought they were going to like it was when they were like dead the whole year, and then they faced the Eagles, and he, he threw four touchdowns. Yeah, that's what Odell went for like two hundred yards. No, Odell didn't even play. Oh, that was yeah, Odell. The, the, the second one, 
The second was when Sterling Shepard went off. Went of nuts. And went Sterling Shepard scored in every game against the Eagles. Yeah, and by the um, way, he's in, back in play tomorrow night, too, with no Evan Ingram. I mean, he can play. Yeah, I think Eli's time. interesting, man. I mean, listen, me and Eli have a, like a no, we have a no touch relationship. Like, we're not, we're not friends in, in daily fantasy. But uh, yeah, I wrote it up as a, like positive indicators for Eli if you wanted to go that route. Yeah, that sounds that guy. That sounds depressing. All right, let's talk some other running. By the way, you mentioned uh, Russ Wilson. I I get the Russ love. I think I might actually play the Raiders defense at near minimum price against that offensive line. I think I could do worse than that. All right, running back. Oh no, Reeves, don't shake your head, man. It's a defense. It's the most variant position out there. Like, who's to say Russ isn't going to take six sacks and throw a pick six at some point? It's London. You get the get the jet lag. You get all. I mean, it's. I'm definitely willing to play a 2100 defense in London. Evan, am I nuts there? Uh, is it Seattle or Oakland? I'll play both of them. Oh, okay. I mean, hey, do what you want, man. Just make sure that <laughs> make sure that you do the Keenum uh, Jeff Boyerman stack. You're no. All right, running backs. Let's talk some other running backs. So, what do you got for me? Uh, and don't say any of these Houston guys. Definitely uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I'm just looking here. I mean, I don't know, man. It's pretty ugly. I mean, you can go back to Gelden for sure. What about um, Dalvin? No, I mean, is he even going to play? I, I want to play Latavius. I actually, Re- Reeves texted me about that today. I want to play Latavius. Uh, M- Melvin Gordon is in a great spot. You know, he's been catching a ton of passes. Uh, the Browns blitz at the highest rate in the NFL. And, uh, you know, Phillip Rivers can end up just dumping down a Melvin Gordon uh, all, all game long. I think that Isaiah Crowell, gross, uh, is back in play to some extent. I think that Bilal Powell uh, is kind of sneaky against the Colts. Um, uh, but those are, are some guys, you know, Gurley. I mean, I'm, I'm playing Gurley every single week, I think, in cash until, until like, Ooh, something prevents me. Do you know how expensive he is on DK? All right. Well, I I won't play him in cash on DK probably, but ten K. Uh, I'll play him in cash on FanDuel until until he gets just out of control. Because, I mean, first of all, the Broncos have gotten crushed in back to back games on the ground, uh, and if no Cooper Cup, you know he hogs a ton of scoring position yeah. usage. So that gives them even more incentive uh, to to you know just uh, force the ball to Todd Gurley in scoring position. Uh, so I think that, you know, I, I'm going to try to force him into cash, you know, uh, going forward. I mean, I know this game's really ugly, but can we go back to TJ Elden? Yeah. 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 I mean, like, I understand it's a 40 point total and I like the under, but I mean, did Yeldon's you see just... what Alfred Blue did to the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He ran 40 over 40 pass routes. Reeves. I know what he did. He's, he's yeah, sat... Yeldon, yeah. Yeldon's 90, 100, 122 yards from scrimmage the past three weeks. No, I like Yeldon this week. I just it's like it's so it's so weird to like a road team and a road running back in a forty point total, but I don't hate it. All right, real quick, let's touch on some wideouts. Reeves, who you got for us? What wide receivers are you looking at? Uh, they were pretty much all in the games we talked about. I just want to add a couple more running backs because it's such a good running back week. Uh, we didn't even talk about Chris Carson, man. Dude's got 124, 127 yards this past two games. Oakland has just been horrendous. Uh, yeah. defensively they're 29th in rushing points allowed per game to backfield 24th in yards per scrimmage uh he's a he's 4400 on DraftKings. that's gonna be real tough to let go uh and i want to talk about the bears guys real fast man just because like the bears guys are in an awesome spot 
that, yeah. uh, other than being on the road. I know Jordan Howard, like, it left a bad taste in the not because they had, like, a game where they scored 48 points and he wasn't really involved. But Miami has just been battered on the ground as well. Uh, you know, we talked about Mixon coming off injury and got him. The Patriots ran all over them the week before. The Raiders ran all over them the week before that. The Titans backfield actually ran for over 100 yards on the Dolphins. Um, and they're terrible in guarding back. They're another team where their linebackers are just awful in coverage. Um, and, you know, so t- we saw what Treat Cohen did. I mean, those guys are really cheap. Uh, Jordan Howard's more – he's higher priced than DK than he is FanDuel. And then Tariq Cohen is like dirt cheap on both sides. Obviously you're not playing, you know, either of those guys in cash, but I think it's a really good spot for both the guys, both of those guys to combo up because I don't think that Mitchell Trubisky is going to have a six touchdown passing game. Again. How could you doubt the truth, Bisky? How could you doubt him? No, I'm just kidding with you. By the way, the last time Minnesota Vikings were 10 point favorites at home over a crappy team, they lost to the Bills. So yeah, I get Latavius Murray and I hope everybody else gets stared off. If Dalvin misses, I kind of think Dalvin's going to play in a 5.7 K. I got a lot of interest in Mr. Dalvin. All right, real quick. Whiteouts, Evan, who you got for us? Um, You know, definitely always uh, wheeling and dealing Adam Thielen. Um, shoot, let me, let me, let me look here. Uh, we got some Demarius Thomas against the Rams outside. Yeah. Corner. Yes. Yeah. I like Demarius. Marcus Peters is like the worst cornerback in the league. Yeah. I mean, he's given up the most touchdown passes of any cornerback uh, in the league trying to play through this uh, calf strain. Um, uh, what do you, what do you think Reeves? Let me, uh, let me, let me uh, look at the list. You got, you got downtown John Brown. Yes. You know, right back Ooh, to him at 5.5 K. John Brown had eight targets last week of 15 or more air yards, eight <laughs> targets of 15 or more air yards. Denzel Ward is the real damn deal uh, for the Browns. And, um, you know, Flacco missed them a couple of times, but man, that is an incredible amount of opportunity. John Brown leads the NFL in air yards. I mean, he is a prime, prime bounce back candidate here. Um, yeah, in Tennessee. Yeah, well, I get it. T- like, it's not a great matchup for big plays against Tennessee. They give up twenty-yard passes at the second lowest rate in football. But at the same time, it's if he's going to get seven targets down the field, I don't really care how good the other team is. I'm willing to take a shot. You only need one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reeves, is there anybody else for you other than Amari um, Cooper? Nothing much. Yeah, I think the, it's a, it's a good week to get back on the Cooper coaster, though. Oh, uh, yeah, listen, man, we you, you know we we've done a good job at nailing which weeks he's going to be good or bad, though. To be honest. Like we've been, yeah, we just pick bad every week. Yeah, just pick bad. No, no, he's two. He has two really (laughs) big games though. Like two, he's got two games where he's over twenty-five. You know, PPR points. Dude, I won the millie with Amari Cooper, and I hate the guy. He's fifty-two (laughs) hundred. He's fifty-two hundred on DK. Yeah, that's a lot to pay for uh, for a headache. This is yeah. Corey. Da- this is the Corey Davis man. I, I, obviously, you're, I'm making the call, not you, so it's not going to happen. But no, I think Amari's fine this week for five points. Like that's just too cheap for him. But it, I mean, I the dude it. has trouble focusing anyway. So now he's going to be in London. Like, how about uh, in that same game? Do you want a min price? Take a shot on Martavis Bryant. Yes. No. What, dude? Come on. He ran ten routes last week. Yeah, and he had. Three catches for 90 yards, and somehow I didn't get in the box. In the, like, in the week before, he had a 50-yard touchdown that he just, like, watched hit his face. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he dropped a quick screen, and last week he lost a fumble at midfield. I mean, how how are they even running him out there just so they can prove that, oh, you know, we, we – we, It's the Raiders. I just want to know how a guy has three catches, average over 30 I, yards a catch, and doesn't get in the end zone. I want to know how John Gruden has a 10-year – <laughs> Doesn't he own part of the Raiders now too? Like, it's just essentially it's just, way to go, Al Davis. 
Bravo. Between him, the you know, loser has to stay in London between him and Pete Carroll. I like that idea. <laughs> All right, guys, we got to get off here. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we went a little bit over. Sorry to David back in the uh, back in the studio, but hey, we're having a good time. But for Evan, for Reeves, I'm Eric. Thanks for watching, everybody. And thank you, Kobe Fleener, for watching. We'll see you later. Peace. Thank you.